Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, we talked about it on our last episode. We are answering some listener questions. We got a ton of great ones, and we're going to jump right in now with our first one. This comes from Omar. Uh, Omar actually has a couple questions for us. What are your thoughts on Eno Benjamin in a Dynasty League? So I think Eno Benjamin has had a he's had a rough off season. Uh, weighed in, undersized, uh, even even smaller than expected at the Senior Bowl. Uh, bulked up a little bit at the Combine. I think he he ended up with official numbers of five nine and two oh seven, but he was under two hundred pounds at the Senior Bowl. And then falls all the way to late in day three, lands with the Cardinals. Uh, I think that's kind of the only good piece of news with this with this profile. The Cardinals bring back Kenyon Drake, basically on a one year deal. They still have Chase Edmonds, but I I think we could see Eno Benjamin fitting into that offense, even with the the strikes against him. What are you thinking about him? As a player, I thought, man, I would not use a fourth or fifth round pick on him if I was an NFL team. But there, as a seventh, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, he's a good player, he's useful, he's a a true change of pace guy. I just think that it was um, not a lot of people need a running back, so it would hurt his cause a lot. But I don't know that he's ever going to be very fantasy relevant. I mean, he almost needs Drake to get hurt to have any kind of role that you could consider starting him. And what's the chances that they move on from Drake and don't address the, the position in a big way? He just looks like a pure scat back. I mean, not even Darren Sproles, like a lesser role than that. And is he going to be a good special teamer? That would be a, 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 you know, a reason for him to stay on uh, the Cardinals roster for the next four or five years. I bet he isn't. You know, I mean, is he going to make tackles? So... Um, I'm not enamored. I mean, I'd take a fourth round flyer on him in a rookie draft. That's about the best I could say. Yeah. And that's, that's about where he's going. Honestly, I think, uh, again, these, these things leading up to the draft and then his, him falling in the draft until the seventh round, uh, all of those hurt his value. So take a chance very late in drafts if you've got big enough rosters, but we're, we're not necessarily hopeful for, Eno Benjamin. Omar's other question is an interesting one, I think. Can tight ends like Tyler Higby, Blake Jarwin, and Noah Fant still succeed in crowded situations? So all of these were uh, tight ends who were viewed as as potential 2020 breakouts. In fact, we already uh, basically already saw Tyler Higby with a breakout season uh, in the back half of 2019. But their teams have added some weapons. We see the Rams uh, bring in... Uh, the wide receiver Van Jefferson, the Cowboys, of course, bring in C.D. Lamb, the Broncos draft multiple uh, pass catching rookies, including Albert O at tight end, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. So lots of competition, lots of mouths to feed in each of these offenses. Uh, I looked at the percentage of targets that went to the tight ends last season, and I don't think it'll be a surprise. The Rams with Gerald Everett starting the season really well. Tyler Higby finishing the season uh, as one of the best tight ends in football. 
They targeted their tight ends 25.6% of the time. Dallas Cowboys, that was Jarwin and Jason Witten, who is now gone 21.9% of the time. And the Denver Broncos, 22.2%. And that's that's with few wide receiver options. So I kind of think the Rams stay the same or, or, or maybe even go mm-hmm. up, honestly, because... Again, they they had Everett, who looked like a breakout star early and then got hurt, and then Higby slid right in. If both of those guys are healthy at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they used the tight end even more, specifically Tyler Higby. Um, In Blake Jarwin's case, yes, they bring in C.D. Lamb, but they also lost Randall Cobb, uh, who saw tight end-type targets in that that game. short intermediate part of the field. And of course they lost Witten as I already mentioned. So I don't think it necessarily hurts Jarwin all that much. The one I'm probably the most concerned with is Noah Fant. How do you see those three offenses, Matt? I think Higby is a tight end one until further notice. And, but a volatile one. I mean, it's a short sample size. I think they found something there. I think they'll stick with it. I think they'll live in double tight end sets Although that Van Jefferson pick was a little alarming. Um, but I, I'm not jumping in the deep end with him yet either. Jarwin's interesting to me, but he's going to be the fourth option in that offense. But that doesn't mean he doesn't catch five or six touchdowns and certainly can be fantasy relevant. I like the player. I understand why Fant was a first-round pick. He's fast, but I don't. I think he's a little bit overrated as a player. I mean, he doesn't break down and run routes all that well. He's a little bit undisciplined. I could see his peak. I could see him being a good sell candidate. Like, there's just so many tight ends that I like that could be breakout guys like Gasecki. I mean, like and Herndon I mentioned in the last show. I mean, I, I could probably name five of them that are in this neighborhood. I know Higby's above the rest at this point that I probably would take ahead of Fant or Jarwin. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Next question comes from Justin. It's about another tight end, even deeper. What are your thoughts on Josh Oliver? Any hope for something in year two? Uh, So Josh Oliver of the Jaguars as a rookie last year, we saw uh, injuries and and really just competition kept him off the field uh, for for most of last season. Finally got a chance after some injuries to other players. And then he hurts his back and lands on the injured reserve. I think he saw action in four games before that happened. And, uh, you know, ironically enough, they they signed another guy with back issues in Tyler Eifert. So, again, the Jaguars, not a team that, that I think is going to be too concerned with winning games this year. But, but we could see them throwing the ball a lot. I I just feel like right now Josh Oliver is one of those guys that uh, he he's just a dynasty or he, he's just a trap for dynasty owners. We yeah. we've done the same thing with Johnu Smith and and so many other young tight ends, and, and that doesn't mean these guys aren't going to be good eventually, but they're just so slow, not only to come around but to even get the opportunity. Uh, I mean we we saw Smith stuck behind thirty two 33 34 year old delaney walker for years and it finally looks like in 2020 he will get his chance but even still not a slam dunk yeah i think one of the flaws i have as a dynasty owner 
is I'll be a young tight end collector. You know, I mean, there's a lot of them I like, and so I stash them, and you never can check the box on Sunday, and years go by before you know it, and they're still on your roster, and you still haven't started them once, unless disaster struck, and one out of ten hit, you know, I mean, where they can actually be a legit dude that isn't the first round. Not Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard and, you know, the first-round pick-type guys, but, I mean... Guys like Oliver, that you see something there, or Dawson Knox, or, you know, I mean, there, there's something to work with, but he's a ways away from being fantasy relevant. But in redraft, I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I always have, a, like, a, a watch list of five to eight tight ends that didn't get picked in redraft. Obviously, that's much lower down the list. Maybe 16 of them get picked in a 12-team league or something like that. And the second one of them has a big game, I go pick him up. And that's like Waller or Andrews last year. Like, as soon as I see they're being used, I want to put in heavy money and go get them because I don't need to see much to see the usefulness. But that just doesn't happen for all that much. And Oliver would be pretty low down my list of, you know, guys in with less than three years' experience that I'm stashing. Yeah, I think... Ultimately, Oliver is just going to be a guy we come back to in in two years, maybe, and mm-hmm. and we look at then. And if you have deep enough rosters, or if you play in a uh, a tight end premium league, then maybe he hangs on to your roster through that time. Uh, if not, I think eventually he lands on waiver wires and 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 maybe pops back up uh, when Tyler Eifert gets hurt or when when they're actually ready to be competitive. Yeah, I agree. Next question comes from Nordic Football Guys. Who are your favorite running backs to target as buy low opportunities? So, Matt, with with this one, I wanted to ask you about some specific players, okay. some veteran running backs, mostly mostly veterans at least, who have been impacted by the NFL draft. We saw many teams draft rookie running backs, and, and that's going to shake up some backfields. And immediately it seems that dynasty players are running away from, from some of these running backs that we've seen uh, be very productive over the past couple of years. So I would love just some, some quick thoughts on okay. uh, each of these guys. Let's start with... Before you do, can I throw one name out at you? And this is right in your wheelhouse, and I've asked for advice about this guy over the last two weeks. Sure. And, and I've traded for him twice in the last two days is Miles Sanders. I know he's not a buy low, but he's a buy high for me. I think he's going to go bonkers, and now's your last chance to get him before he's maybe a top five running back. Uh, I totally agree. I, yeah. I mentioned this on on Twitter last week that the the top four or five running backs have basically been the same for a year now, right? McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, eased his way into that that group over the past year. But those guys, in some order, ha- have basically been uh, the, the top group, and, and nobody else has challenged that. I think Miles Sanders and I think Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and J.K. Dobbins Next generation. are really going to shake that group up. And instead of a, a, a top group of four or five, we could see a top group of 10, mm-hmm. nine, 10, 11, uh, which is great news for dynasty players. 
but I certainly agree. Sanders is one of those. He's he's a guy that I was. Uh, he was he was my 101 for much of last season. Uh, my 101 rookie pick in 2019. Um, so I've, I've already got him in quite a few spots, but I definitely endorse the idea of trading for him. If you can, if you took Josh Jacobs over him last year, try to fix that right now. Offer Josh Jacobs for Miles Sanders, even up. And if you get the deal done, you're coming out ahead. In my opinion, let me run the two trades I made by you just to, I, I, I I know that you're going to approve both, but this is, I think the kind of deals you can make. On a team that's really up and coming that I'm exciting about, I gave Debo 112 and 211 for Sanders and this guy's 2021 two. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, same, Debo, I think, is, is on his way up too. He's still gaining value, but I think in, um, in, in Sanders' case, the ceiling is top five or six overall dynasty pick. Right. I agree. And here's the other one I made today, and this one's super flex, where I plan on winning this league. I'm loaded, and I have plenty of quarterbacks, so I traded Matt Ryan and my number one next year, which I hope will be 12, for Miles Sanders and his two next year, which I hope will be like 16, <laughs> 17, 18. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's always tough in a super flex league to give up a quarterback without getting one in return, but... That's why you that's why you stash quarterbacks. That's why you build that quarterback depth so you can make those kind of moves and and get the young stud running back. So definitely endorse uh going out and getting Miles Sanders almost at whatever price you can. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Let's get back As to you these guys. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's not a buy low though, but he's a but buy, buy buy while you can. Um so sev- several running backs, seven running backs specifically, who were impacted by key draft picks in the NFL. Just your your quick thoughts. How worried are you? Would you buy? Would you sell for whatever you can get? Let's start with Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Uh, the Packers used the late second rounder on A.J. Dillon, shocked everybody. That was not viewed as necessarily as one of their needs, certainly not one of their top needs. But they go get AJ Dillon, and, and then the the narrative becomes maybe they're not going to re-sign Aaron Jones. They're not going to give him the big contract. They want to run the ball uh, as much as possible. Uh, maybe maybe it becomes a committee, and and those things are always uh, the, those things have mostly always been concerns with Jones because it seems like any time he really got going. They would they would turn it over to Jamal Williams, uh, and, and now there's just another body in that backfield, another mouth to feed. What are you doing with Aaron Jones? One of your personal favorites. Yeah, and I've loved them. Um, I just think the Packers are telling us they want to be the Niners. You know, like they watch the Niners just demolish them on the ground. Rodgers is playing outside of structure. I think they want to have a very structured offense. I think their first two draft picks tell us that. Maybe they resign Jones and let Williams go, and Jones and Dylan are your your niner backfield. Maybe, but as much as I've loved Jones and I've bought him a lot of places, there's always been a little something missing with the guy. Like never, it, several coaching staffs didn't play him a lot of snaps. I mean, sometimes he doesn't make the right blocks and protection. 
And I'm not saying he's not a smart individual, but sometimes those kind of things rub off that maybe he's just not doing, following the program at all times. And I can see where coaching staffs aren't enthralled with him. So I guess I'm holding him because now's a bad time to sell. But if he starts the season with 250 yards after the first three games, I think I'm selling him then. Yeah, good point. Of of all these guys that we're going to look at today in, in this uh, group of backs who have been impacted by the NFL draft, I think he's still the one with the most upside. And, and that's uh, that has a lot to do with his team was one of the last of this group to select a running back along with his age, along with what we saw from him in a breakout season last year. Marlon Mack, the... The Colts draft Jonathan Taylor in the second round. What's the story with Marlon Mack? He was never my guy to begin with. I own own him nowhere. I bet they don't resign him after the year. I think he kind of goes into running back purgatory after this year and might lose a starting job by early November or early October. Early September. Right. right? Tomorrow. Yeah. Right. I'm, I mentioned this recently on another podcast, but you look at that backfield now. Jonathan Taylor's a better runner than Mac. Yeah. Naheem Hines is a better catcher, a better receiver than Mac. So what role, what role does he have? I, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ingram, the, the, the veteran there, I don't think anybody was surprised to see them add a running back. Maybe we were surprised slightly that it was one of the big five. In this case, J.K. Dobbins, actually the fifth running back drafted. They got lucky with that one, in my opinion. I still think Mark Ingram is the starter, at least at the beginning of the season, and I think he has some fantasy value, but at his age, probably the last season with the Ravens, he doesn't he doesn't have a ton of upside beyond 2020, right? I agree. I think Dobbins will take over sooner than later but not as quick as the you know the Indianapolis situation. I think he's a good player and a good fit for that scheme, but I think he's also very close to being put out of the pasture. Damian Williams. Uh this this was just like a ticking time bomb. How long would it how, how long would he hold that job? How long until the Chiefs invested uh, either draft capital or free agency dollars into uh, a a big-time running back, and they spent their first rounder on one this year in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Is is Damian Williams just dead dynasty-wise? No, because the offense is so good. I mean, I I think he'll be – he may still lead the team in rushing this year. I think he'll be the, quote, starter – um, but he was never for me either. He's a guy I don't own anywhere. I don't think he's a special player. I think he benefited from scheme. If he goes somewhere else, I want nothing to do with him. So I think I get out while I can. Would you rather have Damian Williams or Mark Ingram? Williams. Mm, okay. But I'm not feeling strong about either. Yeah, Daryl Henderson, the Rams draft Cam Akers in round two. Uh, Daryl Henderson, who was highly drafted and, and highly touted, especially by dynasty players last season. I mean, it's only one year. You don't want to give up on a guy that quickly, but he didn't do anything last year. Didn't, didn't even really earn a shot. And 
and now he he may not get one with Cam Akers in town. No, I love Akers. I want Akers on my redraft team. I think he might be rookie of the year this year. Um, I, from my impression, Henderson really struggled with the pure zone scheme. You know, that he just was not patient and doesn't have the vision for it. I don't know that he ever will. He may end up being Chris Thompson, you know, for McVay. I, I, I'm not big on Henderson. Would it shock you if we get to cut day in, in uh, when is that, late August, I guess, and mm-hmm. the Rams trade Henderson for a future day three pick? I could see that. You know, maybe yeah. a different scheme and, yeah, no wear and tear on him. That would make sense. I mean, maybe he's Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Carry on Johnson. The Lions uh, grabbed DeAndre Swift in round two. Uh, on Johnson has had trouble staying healthy. Obviously, I think Swift is viewed as the more talented runner, the more talented player in general, but on Johnson has his fans too, and he's he's still very young. See, I still like on, and um, I would be buying on now on super cheap. Nobody else is going to hold you over the fires for him. I think he's a good back that has a lot of good football ahead of him. And the key here to me is I think he can, well, first of all, two things. I think he can be a dual player with Swift. And I think that offense is quietly pretty good when Stafford's healthy, obviously. But Patricia puts people in his doghouse and then trades them for peanuts. Like, I was on the air on Steeler Nation Radio, and the second they made the Swift pick, I said, Steelers should call the Lions if I carry on. You know, like, I would love to get a hold of that guy for a fifth-round pick if I'm some team and you know, make him my feature guy. Very nice. I would, I would love to see him flipped to the Steelers or, or really almost anywhere. Right, even Jacksonville when Fournette leaves or wherever. You know, Ronald Jones, the Buccaneers uh, drafted a running back as everyone expected. They didn't draft one quite as highly, maybe as we had hoped or expected, but they get Keyshawn Vaughn uh, in the third round. What's this mean for Ronald Jones? I don't want anything to do with Ronald Jones. Here's my problem with Ronald Jones is Tom Brady's his quarterback. Ronald Jones is not accomplished in the passing game. Even though he's not a bruiser, you'd think he's a good receiver. He should be a good receiver. He isn't. He's bad in protection. Tom Brady ain't going to play with a young dude that's not much of a receiver that's bad in protection. Is Jones, of, of these seven guys we've talked about, Aaron Jones, Mac Ingram, Damian Williams, Henderson, Carryon Johnson, and Rojo. Ronald Jones is Ronald Jones last yes. on the list. Yeah, for me, for me as well. For yeah, me as well. I mean, Aaron Jones is probably first, but not for what I'd have to pay for him. You know what I mean? I think Carryon would be my guy. Right. Before we move on to the next question, I would just throw out uh, one other. I don't know if he's a buy low running back. He's not. He's not dirt cheap. Alexander Madison, I would I, I would be getting him in every single league uh, I could. He's he's an injury away from being a top ten mm-hmm. weekly running back, and, and that injury potentially to Dalvin Cook is is not all that far fetched. Yeah, I, I do think they plan on extending Cook though, whose contract's up after this year. Remember, he wasn't a first round pick, so they don't get the option. Um, but that doesn't mean Cook is highly productive player two years from now and you know he misses time even as a spot starter like you said 
he's an immediate check the box top 10 guy. So yeah, I'm with you. You can get Madison pretty cheap. Yeah. And the, the other thing to consider with Madison, with, uh, Travion Williams, Gio Bernard, Latavius Murray, you, you touched on it there with the contracts. These, these star running backs from the class of 2017, uh, it, it's it's holdout territory, right? Mm-hmm. Especially after Christian McCaffrey got his big deal. Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook were all day two picks, day two or three picks, and uh, they're, they're going to be looking for big money. And if they don't get it, there is holdout potential, which could benefit the, running, the, the backup running backs. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Vikes, Bengals, and Saints are saying – Thanks for nothing, Panthers. You didn't do us any favors at all. <laughs> Try to sign our guy. But yeah. along those lines, folks, do you think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, here's your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels. Owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart and elite fantasy football player. There's no off-season at Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters. Come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL players' contracts and salaries. Then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. The mobile app is in development and be ready for download on iOS and Android in time for the rookie drafts in May. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. Matt, our next question comes from Derek. He says, I'm looking to trade redraft picks in a rookie dynasty redraft keeper hybrid. Woo, what a league. Okay. Uh, How high of a pick would you offer to acquire a top rookie wide receiver like C.D. Lamb or Justin Jefferson to your dynasty team? Do you quite understand the question? Well, it's it's a little tough to answer because we don't know how many players are being kept. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it sounds like essentially a keeper league, keeping a certain number of players and then holding a larger uh, a larger redraft. Usually, those those keeper numbers are less than ten. <clears throat> so think about like a redraft without the first six rounds or the first eight rounds, something like that. Um, it's it's certainly tough to say, but what we can look at is the dynasty ADP of these guys. And C.D. Lamb has an ADP in May of 36. So he's already a third rounder, a late third rounder in startup drafts in the keeper format. Again, it really just depends on how many players you can keep. Right. But if you if you can spend that third rounder or fourth rounder and get Lamb and keep him for for multiple years then I think it's certainly worth that. Justin Jefferson's a little uh, a, a little cheaper. 51 is his ADP. That makes him a fifth rounder. Uh, I, I would I would be okay with that. I think it, it might be it, it might be 2021 before we see him make a big impact. So maybe you uh, you wait on that a little bit longer. I hear what you're saying. Um... I guess I'll talk a little bit more about the players because I have my rookie ranks in front of me and my receiver ranks go Judy, Lamb, Rager, Pittman, Jefferson. And I love Lamb as a player, but he may be their third leading receiver this year. And a year from now, he might be their number one leading receiver. So 
Um, I guess it depends how patient you can be for these guys, and I think he's got a high upside, and him and Dak could do great things. Who knows if Cooper will be there down the line. I, I don't, I'm not positive on that. Jefferson worries me, though, and here's what worries me about Jefferson. He's a really good player, don't get me wrong, but they are a very heavy two-tight end team, and we talked about, like, tight ends I love. Irv Smith's one of those guys, you know, that I think could break out. And why that worries me with Jefferson is, well, Matt, you're probably like, well, they have two really good receivers, Jefferson and Thielen. I'm like, yeah, but Jefferson's son always work out of the slot, and there's no slot when there's two tight ends on the field. You know, like, I think he's going to have to learn some new tricks. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. You look at their – they really have very limited options when it comes to their third receiver, and, yeah. and not necessarily just talking – where they line up on the field, but their their third best guy, uh, it's it's probably Tajay Sharp, who I, I think they signed from the Titans, and that's that's not great. So if you say who are their best four pass catchers, it's it, it probably includes Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph, which uh, leads even more into your idea of of uh, two tight end sets, and that hurts as you mentioned hurts uh justin jefferson so yeah we'll we'll see what happens with him that's that's interesting I, <clears throat> let's let's keep the wide the rookie wide receiver talk going because our next question comes from aaron he says for back end round one drafters can you rank jalen rager justin jefferson and henry ruggs in dynasty uh i just I, did I, yeah you just did i would say uh, looking at ADP, Rager has an ADP of eight overall, eight in the one point oh eight. Justin Jefferson one point oh nine. Henry Ruggs one point eleven. Matt, let's talk a little bit about Henry Ruggs. We haven't done that lately. The first wide receiver off the board. We know the knocks against him, the limited production, the crowded depth chart in in Alabama. Uh, would you spend a late first rounder on Henry Ruggs? Well, I kind of mentioned it, but I didn't. Here's my ranks. I have Rager at 8, Pittman at 9, Jefferson at 10, Ayuk at 11, Ruggs at 13. So I'll use 2-1 on them, but to answer your question, I'd say no. I, I like 12 guys better with yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn as my one twelve, And I just don't know the volume's ever going to be Ruggs' thing. And I love the player. I think he influences the game a ton, but... For the price, I'd rather Brian Edwards. Right, that and that was actually going to be my next question. Would you rather have Henry Ruggs in the early second or Brian Edwards in the late second? Edwards. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Next question comes from Jonathan. What running backs would you take over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor? Uh, he mentioned he's talking veterans, not rookies. Uh, he mentions Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. Uh, and then maybe Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. We'd both take Sanders, right? We just talked about Sanders. Let's look at ADP first. Okay. Uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in May ADP is a first rounder, Matt. One point twelve. That's if too you rich want, for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if you want Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that makes him the running <laughs> wow. back seven. Uh, Nick Chubb is the next pick. He's the running back eight. And Jonathan Taylor is the running back nine near the top of the second round. So uh, that does include most of the players that 
that Jonathan mentioned, Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Elliott, Cook, all ahead of uh, uh, the two rookies, Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Hilaire and, and Jonathan Taylor. Joe Mixon also ahead of them. So, first of all, do you have any hesitation with taking those? The big five. The big five, right. Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke, Cook. No. Okay. And, so and you- Mixon and Chubb, I would take two. And Sanders. So I, I'm, prob- I'm probably good with Mixon. I, I'm good with Sanders. I would rather have both of these guys than Chubb. Would you? Because yep. of Hunt? Because of Hunt, yep. Okay. Now, now you could argue, and, and maybe maybe this will come to pass, that that Chubb and Taylor kind of play a similar role with that limited, uh, limited this year. PPR upside. Right. Um, but that offense, the draft capital, the pass catching upside, I would take Clyde Edwards Hilaire over uh, over Nick Chubb. And I think it's it's a close conversation with Mixon and Sanders. I would say those guys are all in in the same tier for me. I don't like Jonathan Taylor quite as much as everyone else. I mean, he's my second rookie. I mean, I respect him, but I, I think he I might be a little down on a little lighter on him than others. Jacobs versus him is a conversation for me. Yeah, yeah, and and Jacobs would be in that tier as well. I think I think he belongs, and uh, Jonathan mentioned him also. Uh, so for me, it, it's looking like you could argue Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as high as running back six or seven, which again that's where he comes in uh, at ADP. Maybe I'd flip Sanders and Mixon uh, in in my own ranks, but. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we're talking about with these guys. They're they're top. They're being valued as top ten running backs. J.K. Dobbins is is not far behind. No, and I think you have a good point. You said earlier that there's going to be a wave of Sanders, Jacobs, Edwards, Hilaire, Taylor, maybe even Swift or whatever that start to push the Kamaras and McCaffreys, and maybe even push them out. You know, I mean, I'm not necessarily. I mean, the, that top tier is about to get a lot bigger. Absolutely. Matt, let's finish up today with one more rookie running back question. I know this is uh, this guy's one of your favorites. The question comes from Corey: Why is Acres not the one point oh two pick, and and, and a, a draft pick at the top of the second round of startup drafts? So we've seen we've seen ADP kind of settle with Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Jonathan Taylor as the top two picks. DeAndre Swift. In some order, DeAndre DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, and Cam Akers in that three through five range. <clears throat> but there's certainly some Cam Akers supporters out there that argue he should be even higher. And and I've I've seen some people call him their RB one in this class. I know you really like Akers. Would you consider him at one point oh two? And what are the knocks that might push him to four or five? He's four for me. But I really like him, and I don't really have negatives on Acres. I just think when Dobbins takes over in that T.J. Duckett, Warwick Dunn, Chris Johnson next to a super running quarterback, that he's going to tear it up in Baltimore. And it might be next year, but the scheme is just so great for him. And he had a lot of zone read stuff at Ohio State. I just love that landing spot for Dobbins. That's why I had him and... Taylor slightly edge out acres, but boy, I'd be really happy to get acres at one, four. 
Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's about where he's going. One four, one five, depending again on on your drafts and ADP or a draft cheat sheet or just just rankings are so in demand, but they're also uh, there's also really no set order. It, it's it's going to come down in that range to personal preference. All right, Matt, we covered a ton of questions. We got to a lot more rookie questions in this episode. Uh, really good job by you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your time and answering these questions. Fun. And especially thanks to our listeners for sending them in. Uh, we'll have to do some more of these shows. We did a lot last off season and we've, we've been filling up the episodes with awesome guests. We'll keep doing that and we'll squeeze in some more listener questions episodes as well. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint. <laughs>